0: So this morning, uh, it's going to be a little bit different because uh, we've been working on a series called Fundamentals, but we're about to start next week on a new series of teaching called A Christmas Story, and um, what we've been concentrating on over the last few weeks is just really explaining uh, what our beliefs are, what we're trying to achieve in the church, but... Over Christmas, we really want to make it a little bit more about us as individuals and our relationship with him and with each other. So when we're looking at this whole idea of a Christmas story, we're going to tell some background stories of people who don't normally get much of a mention in the nativity story. Um, So... Uh, another difference is I'm not going to be speaking at every, every service. We're going to have Bob's going to be uh, speaking and Mark's going to be speaking. So my role in the church is to be like the lead teacher. So I will continue to do most of the teaching, but not every, every week. And uh, we're going to finish on a high of this series. So I'm not speaking this morning. We're going to finish on a high. So uh, just to remind you, we've been looking at this series, Fundamentals, Finding New Joy in the Basics of Christianity. We've been talking about what God's called us to. Uh, what the model is, you know, what we're aiming for, and then sometimes what we've actually made it into. And that we can find joy the more we get back to what Jesus intended. Um, so we've looked at the church, we've looked at discipleship last week, we've looked at prayer. Uh, this week we're going to look at worship. And uh, as, I, as I'm in charge, if you like, of organizing who's teaching and our rota, um, my commitment to you and our commitment to you is that we'll never have anybody on this stage who's just preaching about things they know but are not doing so I'm always thinking, who, who, who can most exhibit uh, the thing we're talking about? And this morning, we're going to talk about worship. So we've invited Becky to come and to share with us some thoughts from the word on worship. So I want you just to maybe just give her a round of applause to encourage her uh, this morning as she shares uh, with us. So we're excited. So I'm going to pray for Becky. Let's pray for Becky. Okay, we're <laughs> Lord, we pray for Becky. Uh, Lord, I know she, she will be a little bit nervous this morning speaking for the first time at Saints Church. So we pray, Lord, to give her just a, a sense of courage and um, really just uh, help her feel free as she shares just for a few minutes uh, about worship and what we can learn about just rediscovering joy in worship the way you see it. In your name we ask it, Lord. Amen. Okay, You get the privilege of the flicker. Oh, no, so I don't even know how it's like. You have to stand over there and press that one there. I should have told you earlier, sorry. This button there. Which one? That, that one. Yes.
1: Stop press it now. Might self-destruct. <laughs> if there's an explosion, I am sorry. I have to stand right here, do I? Right here. Okay. Are you ready? Great. Okay. Well. Oh, it's fantastic to see you all. And um, yeah, we are looking today at finding new joy in in, um, in worship. And um, if we have a little look, we are familiar with the. Um, with the pattern here, if you've been here for a few weeks. So God has given us a call to worship as a people. And part of his intention for us in worship is to enter into warfare. And we will talk about this in a minute, if you're confused right now. We'll talk about this. It is a warfare. It is um, a way that we can take back ground that the enemy has taken to build God's kingdom and to see God's reign and God's rule in the areas of our lives where the enemy is in charge. God wants to see the forces of darkness pushed away because he's already won. And we can do that through worship. And sometimes what it has become can be a little bit of, we come along to church, there's a little section called worship in our service. It's quite entertaining. We can sing along if we like. You know, some people like karaoke, you know, and, and you feel like, oh, I can sing along the words. They put the words up. I sing along with the screen. Ryan, he's all right some week, some week he's not all right. You know, you can go, you know, oh, I was a bit, little bit flat. Oh, Becky, she was right off this morning, ruined my whole worship time. You know, and it can be a bit about entertainment. And it can be about what am I getting out of it? Oh, I didn't I didn't really feel the presence of God today. Oh, I didn't really feel, I didn't get much out of the worship today. Um, and we can kind of, in our heads, maybe sometimes, you wouldn't do this, sometimes outwardly go, oh, I I didn't think much of it today, or oh, it wasn't it good? I felt really good today. And we make it all about our entertainment or about what we can get out of it. But there's so much more. There's so much more that God has created. Worship for you to partner with him that we will look at. Oh, I've just put this down. I shouldn't put this down. Okay. So do you know, in the Hebrew language, in the Old Testament, um, there are around 56 different words for worship. Did you know that? I, I was surprised that there are so many actually when I found this out. And um, I'm not going to tell you all of them. You'll be pleased to know. And I don't even know if I can pronounce them all. But I'm betting that you may not speak fluent Hebrew. So I can get away with this. But the ones I just want to bring our attention to is the first one is Baruch. And it means to kneel or to bow and to give reverence to God as an act of adoration. Um, The next one is ghoul, which is to spin around under the influence of any violent emotion. Um, Halal is to praise, to make show or rave about, to glory or boast upon, to be clamorously foolish about your adoration to God. Do you recognize these things that we did this morning? Um, ranen, to creak to admit a stridulous sound. I had to look that one up. It's like a creaking noise. To shout aloud for joy. And then the last one is yada, which is to use to hold out the hand, to throw a stone or an arrow at or away, to revere or to worship with extended hands. Praise thankful thanksgiving and these words different words are used throughout the psalms so when we read it in our english language we've got one little word or maybe two bless sometimes is used worship is sometimes used but the richness of the intent of what actually happened sometimes get lost on us because we don't we don't see it we just see this one word and it might make you think of a certain thing that you've seen or you've experienced and it's limited but when we look into, these are just some of the words that I used. Have you ever seen anyone spin around in excitement, in praise? That would be so cool, wouldn't it? And um, I know, like, my children, when we were waiting in line yesterday to go and see Santa, you should have seen their excitement. They didn't just go, yes, this is nice, we're going to go and see Santa. They were like, ah, oh, you know, jumping around, really excited, couldn't keep still. It was overflowing with joy because they were excited because of what was about to happen. And for us, with our relationship with Jesus, Shouldn't that be a little bit more about what's coming out as we think about who God is, as we know who we are in him? Shouldn't that be something that we can't contain, that it's not about when we come to to focus on our saviour, when we come to focus on the God of God and the Lord of lords, the one who comes to our aid, the one who rescues us, the one who loves us, the one who has all the victory? Shouldn't it be a sense of, this is absolutely amazing, When we see God do stuff in our everyday lives, when he answers our prayers, shouldn't it be a case of, I can't contain this, I can't wait to come with people and celebrate our God together? Shouldn't it be that? Shouldn't it be more sense of enthusiasm? I would love that. I would love that. So then when we come to um, looking into um, the Old Testament, worship went hand in hand often with battle. And going into a battle. So Israel um, often had different armies come against them and there'd be big fights. And sometimes they would win and sometimes they would lose. And what would happen is when the people worshipped God with all their hearts, that was when they saw the victories. And when they stepped away from that and they weren't worshipping God with all their hearts... That is when they began to have a downfall and their enemies triumphed over them. And this is a wonderful picture for us. We might not have an army that you are part of today, right now. Some of you have. Some of you have fought in battle. But we all have got battles that we face. And do you know, God has created you for battles, to be overcomers and to see victory. He has set you up winning you are designed to win do you know how good it feels to win it feels good to be a winner doesn't it some people are more competitive than others i know my husband is one of these people you cannot play a board game with him don't don't even suggest it because he won't play he has learned to manage this the way he manages it is he just doesn't go there if he knows he's not going to win he doesn't want to play He hates them. He hates them. And it's the same with my eldest son. He has got such a strong sense of competition, you wouldn't believe it. And sometimes it's to his detriment. He's learning how to manage this. He's 10 now. But um, he wants to win. And one time when we were at sports day, do you have sports day here? It's a day where it's not about school, um, learning, sitting down, it's about sport. And so you do races and then when he was in nursery, he won the egg and spoon race, let me tell you. (laughs) That was a proud moment. That was a proud moment. We've actually got a picture in a frame on his wall saying Zach's the winner because he won the egg and spoon race. Because his. He's, he, he wants to win all the time. And if he finds himself standing at the, f- at the start line, he, he, in his head, I'm, oh, I've got this. I, I am so going to win. I'm the fastest one here. That's how he's thinking, right? And as he goes, he realizes everyone else has run ahead of him, and he starts crying halfway down because he knows he's not winning. It is that strong in him. It is really important to him. In each one of us, We are designed, God has designed you to have specific battles that you can overcome. You are a unique person. You have a unique personality. You have unique talents and gifts. God has purposed you for so much. He's got so much in store for you. And some of this is overcoming a battle that you're facing maybe even now. That he has designed you. He has put things in you. He has equipped you to see through this battle and to be a winner. And he partners with us in these battles that come up. If we, um, if we look at 2 Chronicles, it's in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. <clears throat> we come into a story where Israel are fighting a battle um, and there's a couple of armies that are much bigger than them and they are about to be annihilated and they just don't know what to do. And they're like, what are we going to do? And do you know what the first thing they do is? The king was good. He said, let's inquire of the Lord. And that's always a good place to start. If you're facing something and you don't know what to do, inquire of the Lord. He got the people together. They fasted. They prayed. And they listened to the direction of God. And that's the great thing about our God is when we ask, he speaks. And he speaks into our hearts. And he guides us. And he shows us the way. And for them... Um, this is what he said. And we pick up the story in verse 15. It says, This is what the Lord says of you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. Blah, 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 blah. There's lots of words I don't know. You will not have to fight this battle. In verse 17, take your positions, stand firm. And see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out, face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. And then do you know what he did? Do you know what he did? He didn't just go and face them face to face. Do you know what he did? He got some people together. He appointed men, verse 21, he appointed men to sing to the Lord And to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And they went out at the head of the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. Can you imagine that? That's not what they were expecting, I'm pretty sure. But that is what they did. They began to sing and to praise their hearts out to God. They had heard him, and their response was, Yes. I am going to engage in this battle. I know it's not all about how well I can fight this because God's going to fight it for me, but my part is to praise the name of the Lord. We are going to face it. We are not alone. And they praised and sang praise to the name of the Lord. And the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. You see, as they participated in praise as they did it from their hearts, intentionally lifting up the name of God. So God set ambushes. But he did it after they put themselves in that place of praise and worship intentionally to lift up the name of Jesus. Once they were doing that from their hearts, then God set the ambushes. And that's an interesting picture because we sometimes think, well, God can do it all by himself. If he wants to do it, he, he can just go ahead and do it. Yet he has set it up for you to be a participant. Not just if you want, but he's set it up so that we are like, we, we, we can't, he, he doesn't want to do it by himself. And he won't do it by himself. He calls you into it. So if you are disobedient, well, he's just waiting for you. To pick it up and to go, come on, this is your battle. You were designed for this. You have got this because I am with you. Start praising me from your heart. Start doing the bit that you can do. And then I will do the bit that I can do. And you will see a massive deliverance. You will then see breakthrough happen. You will then see my hand outstretched. You will see what I can do. And sometimes what we have to do is embrace what God is inviting you into. He's inviting you into living in a life full of victory and activating your faith. Anyone can praise after the event. If something great happens, it's great to go, yeah, that was so great, woo! And you can all get excited for each other and we can all join into that. That is brilliant and that is necessary. What is the harder thing, but it's the invitation, is for you to do it beforehand, to look at this thing in the face and go, I think this is massive. I'm not sure if I can do this. I don't know how this is going to go. But to imagine, how would you praise and worship God if he did what you were asking? What would would that look like? Would you spin around in the air? Would you put your hands up and go, yeah? Would you fall face on the floor? What would you do as excitement and your praise back to God if he did what you are asking him to do and what you hope he will do? Well, he's asking you to do that in advance, to praise him from your heart beforehand, to have faith that he will do what he has promised, to keep hold of that promise as if it is already there. And then God activates in everything that you can't do and everything else, the blessing that you have. And if you have fought that battle for yourself, it becomes part of who you are. It becomes your story. You, you, you battled for that. It's like when they would go into war and they would battle through and they would take the spoils of war. They would get all these things afterwards. They become their possession. That is precious because they fought for it. The same for you. We become changed and we become more like him because we've seen God's victory come through as we engage. You know, even um, in the last few weeks, there's been things um, going on and I'm like getting down about it. And you're like, oh, this isn't moving. This isn't shifting. And there was one day that me and Michael were just home. And I'm like, do you know what? In my bedroom, this was. You'll think I'm a loon. I was just in my bedroom. I'm like, I've, I've, all right, I'm just going to praise God. And I started jumping up and down <laughs> in my bedroom and just praising God. There was no music on or anything. I just started shouting out what I knew was true and right about God from my heart. And I'm like, God, you are still good. You are amazing. I just worship you because you are in control. There is no one like you. You are good. You have rescued me. You have saved me. And all the things that I knew, I reminded myself out loud. Praise God. And in that moment, the heaviness that was on me did actually lift. It was like it, nothing had changed, yet there was a lightness come to me again. The heaviness that I was feeling of the pressures of, of stuff had lifted. And it wasn't long after that, that breakthrough did happen. And so we see it in practical ways You know, we have to be obedient to what God is telling us and what God is saying to us to do. And sometimes when stuff happens in our life that we don't like, who's got Netflix? Anyone got Netflix? Okay, or Amazon Prime or Britbox (laughs) for the British people. Um, What we do is me and Mark will go, oh, we want to watch a series. What should we watch? What should we watch? What's good? Oh, this looks, do you think this is good? I don't know. Well, we can just watch it, and if it's no good, we can just switch it off. Oh, yeah, we can do that. Okay, let's try this. Oh, this is so rubbish. Turn it off. Don't like it. Turn it off. Find something else. And we get so used to the whole point of if you don't like something, we switch off from it. And in our lives, if there's sometimes a battle coming up, there's something we don't like, what we can actually do is switch off from praise and worship, switch off from prayer, going, I don't like this. Oh, no. And, and we retract into ourselves, and we shut down. And then worship just happens at church and worship just happens around you and we don't participate and we don't face the battle that God has prepared you for, that he is partnering with you in. And the problem with that is then we face a battle that we're not equipped for. And you end up in a cycle of things that you're not designed to fight these other battles because you should be fighting the battle that God has put in front of you because he's partnering with you and he's put it in you. So rather than pushing stop on our praise and worship, we should be pushing play and going, game on. You are stronger than you believe. God has put so much in you, so much strength in you, that you will only see in the face of a battle. And you will only see the victory as you engage in worshiping your God from your heart. Because that's when he is activating what he can do in the spiritual realm. Something shifts and something moves. And then finally, just um, let's look at Paul and Silas in Acts 16. In the New Testament, what happened? So there's two guys. They got put in prison for something they shouldn't have been put in prison for. Wrongly accused. And what they did was they put them in stocks. It would have been very painful, very, very dark. And what we find them doing, if you look at Acts 16, verse 25, is about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. That word means listening very intently. You bet they were. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. They were facing a difficult thing. Sometimes it's a temptation to go, why me? Why is this happening to me? This is not fair. They, did, they got away with it. Why did, why did I not get away with it? Why is this happening to me? God, this isn't fair. And we stay there. It's always good to recognize our feelings of, you know, I'm struggling with this. That's, that's great. To call out to God on that. That's great. But there's got to be another aspect of that of, well, actually, even though this is awful and this hurts and this is difficult, yet I will praise God through this because I know there is victory coming on the other side. It's what you're designed for. It's what you're made for. It's what you want to see. And so um, for them, as they started to praise and worship, there was a massive earthquake. They were set free. And not just that. The prisoners' whole family got saved. They found the life and love of Jesus. If they hadn't been through that battle, that might never have happened. So sometimes the battles that we're facing, even though it's difficult, God will use that for even greater good ultimately. And he will bring you through in the end. So finally, as we come together as saints church to worship we're not just coming for entertainment we're not just coming to sing some songs just to remind us what god is like but we are engaging in something together that will will change things around us there are people's lives that you are designed to have an impact on there is neighborhoods your neighborhood maybe there's something the power of darkness is over your neighborhood in one aspect That God has called you to bring light into. He has called you the light of the world. And we carry the presence and the power of God with us. And he partners with us in this. And it's like, I love looking at the fairy lights to you at the minute. The Christmas lights are up, they're beautiful. They shine so bright in the darkness. And you are called to be that light pushing back the darkness. Darkness doesn't overcome light. As soon as you switch it on, it's gone doesn't have a choice, doesn't have a fight with each other. Oh, who's going to win? It's done. You are on the winning side. You are light. You've already got the victory. You just need to face the battle, engage in it, and see it come through. So when we come together, I want to encourage you to be as enthusiastic as you want. If you're enthusiastic, that gives permission to the person next to you to go, Oh, didn't know I could do that in church. Okay, great. Oh, is that what they do here? All right, I'm joining in. Gives permission to each other to praise up the name of God, to bring freedom into this place, to see what God wants to do. We want to see our city just full of the presence of God, don't we? We want to see our businesses thriving. We want to see our businesses run godly, in a godly way, prosperity for the people who are working in your businesses. God has called you to a specific aspect of of this city. And together, we can go in and we can see God take the victories. And when we do, we celebrate. We celebrate and it spurs us on to the next thing. So, the joy of worship. As we offer our praise in faith, our God fights on our behalf. Now, I've got something for you to do. We're going to praise God again together. But this time, I want us to actively engage in praising God from our hearts. Some of you might be facing a battle today. Praise Him from your heart. Some of you might be excited that God has done something and you are overwhelmed with the greatness of God today. Praise Him from your hearts. And let's be an encouragement to each other as we face this forwards we can bring the light and, and, and love of God to shatter what the enemy is trying to use against us because he's got no power here. You have got the power and the authority given to you by Jesus. And when you act, God acts.